Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode two of Teach to Grow. It's a lot of twos in there. Um, right? Again, we are Meredith and Marion, and we are here this week to bring to you some stories, a little, little piece of advice, and just kind of to show you that we're in similar experiences or situations. Maybe you'll see yourself in the stories that we talked to you about. And you're going sitting there going, well, what stories are you going to be talking to us about? Well, great question. I'm glad you asked that because we are going to be talking to you about relationships with coworkers. As a first year teacher, it can be very, um, not discouraging, but kind of scary to go into like in any job, in any field, to go into a new job, not knowing anyone. And so um, kind of how to come to your new job and be able to start those new friendships when there's already friendships made. It's mm-hmm. kind of scary to be able to, you're, you kind of like transport yourself back to grade school or middle school when you're trying to like uh, break that circle. Of exactly. And try to your co-ed groups, whatever, you know, that you want to be a part of. It's kind of intimidating. That's the word I was looking for. It's intimidating to walk there into, you, go. you know, a new place um, where you already see relationships formed. But honestly, your coworkers become part of the strongest support system that will take you to the highest point of success and be there for you at the lowest of lows. So it's intimidating, it's scary in the beginning, but today our goal is to share how we kind of broke that mold um, in our first year of teaching, but really this can go into your fifth year of teaching or 10th year because for some of us, we're always switching districts or schools and we're always starting over in this field in a way um just because of all the new changes and the restructures and all that jazz so i hope you are happy and excited to join us along the way today and let's go ahead and get started Miriam, i'm going to put you on the spot do you want to start with your story Absolutely. So um, like Meredith said, we really wanted to talk about building relationships with coworkers because they're really the first people you meet and see at your new job. So like, for example, this year I was a first year teacher as a lot of you know. So I was going in as someone who did not know anything about the school, someone who did not know anything about the teams or anything about the people that worked in this building so and they didn't know anything about me and that in immediately is a barrier that you need to break so i started um in august so they were um, my school had started you know bringing teachers back in you know started some summer pds and I had actually missed, um, I had been um, hired a little bit later, so I had missed the new teacher training. So I didn't get to meet any of the new teachers, I didn't get to meet any of my teammates that were a part of new teacher training. Um, So I was kind of going into it as an, with an extra disadvantage. So then um, I was kind of thrown into, okay, so, this is gonna be our opening day. And this is where you're gonna meet not only everybody in your building, but everybody in the entire district. So everybody that works in this district, you're gonna get to meet them. 
And like Meredith said, that was pretty intimidating for me because I'm like, I'm the kind of person I am to myself a lot. I find it a little bit hard to strike up a conversation with people. I know that's not the best thing with, not the best aspect to have in a teacher, but mind you, I was a new teacher, so it was, I could do it. I could strike up a conversation, but it wasn't something I always was, you know, more inclined. I was less inclined to do it rather than just jumping into a conversation and trying to build that, if that made any sense. Um, so I was really kind of, um, I'm gonna continue to use this word because it's such a good word. Um, I was really intimidated and it was it was really difficult for me to break that shell because everybody also going into, into a building filled with people that are very, very outspoken, which is awesome and it's so great, but kind of being the, the, the quiet little person next to all these outspoken people who have known each other for years, um, it was really hard. So um, when I'm kind of jumping into, now I'm kind of just gonna jump into the school year. I was I managed to make it through the PDs and all that, all that great, fantastic stuff that we know we're all excited for. Um, totally. <laughs> we, um, I started the year and I had, first of all, let me start with, I, in, I loved my team this year. It, they were the most amazing humans. They were just so welcoming. They were very, very, you know, they were very understanding. If I made a mistake, I wasn't afraid to go tell them, hey, I messed this up or, hey, I need help with this. They were always like, you know, like we're not perfect and we know that you're not perfect and we accept that. And that, it took me a minute to realize that. And I'm kind of bummed with myself that it took me so long to realize that. So at the beginning of the year, we were very much um, working um, working towards learning this brand new curriculum that was brand new to everybody in the building, that was very, very rigorous, that was very different and very scripted. So we were working so hard to learn that, that we didn't really make time not we more the school didn't really make time for well enough time for team building or team bonding or working together as a team not just like second grade team but like like second grade teams in the district rather just each individual team within the schools so i actually didn't even meet my entire team until a couple days before school started I think it was like three or four days before school started when we were working in the building. And even then we were doing more PDs and more trainings that we didn't even get to sit down and like have a real team conversation until maybe the day before school started. Um, so again, I still had that piece where I didn't know anybody. I didn't really bond with anybody. I didn't get a feel for my teammates and I didn't understand that they were going to be the most important people outside of my students, of course, but they were gonna be the most important adults in my career. Um, so we, um, so kind of when we look at the first couple weeks of school, I was again, still in that state of mind of like, it's their job to welcome me. It's their job to come to me. It's their job to make me feel at home and make me feel part of the team. And, 
at whenever they didn't do that, like at the beginning of the year, they weren't really, um, you know, I didn't really see them for lunch. I was eating lunch by myself in my classroom whenever I had my classroom available to me because we had specials in inside our classrooms. So teachers only had their classrooms like once or twice a week. Um, so whenever I did have my classroom available to me, I would eat lunch by myself in there. And whenever I didn't have my classroom available to me, I'd eat lunch by myself in the teacher's lounge because second grade had a different lunch than everybody else. Um, so, and that kind of weighed on me a lot. Just, you know, going through a lot of struggles, knowing, learning brand new scripted curriculum and trying to teach that. Also trying to manage the fact that this is my first year teaching. Also trying to navigate the school and its rules and all its, all the fun stuff we'll get into in different episodes. <laughs> but um, it was, it weighed on me a lot. So, um, and I didn't realize that that was the reason. I personally, again, as teachers, we tend to take things personally, which we really shouldn't because more often than not, it's not anything personal against you. It's just, it's just something that's happening. And like anything else, you need to figure out the why behind it. So I thought it was personal against me. I was like, oh, they don't like me. They don't want to eat lunch with me. They don't want to talk to me. They don't want to do anything with me. That's not like mandatory. And again, that weighed even more heavy on, on me than it also weighed on me because of course, when you feel like people don't like you and I'm the kind of person I like to be liked. I don't understand. I find it very difficult to understand what people don't like me. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> And um, so I, one day, and honestly, this also happened with a lot of conversations with my siblings. My siblings would be like, okay, why aren't you going and talking to them? Why aren't you asking them? Why aren't you talking to me? Why aren't you talking to them and striking up a conversation with them and doing all of this? And it was a foreign concept to me because I was always used to be like used to in previous jobs, I was used to like a welcoming committee where people would come and welcome you and they would give you a tour of the building and they would introduce you to everybody and they would do this and do. And I had to realize the hard way that I'm in a different environment and that's okay. Not every school is going to be alike, just like not every student's going to be alike, not every teacher's going to be alike. This was a different school. They didn't have a welcoming committee. They didn't have someone who's going to come give you a tour of the building, someone who's going to come. To introduce you to everybody because everybody's busy everyone's doing their own thing and I had to accept that for myself so um I finally because again I am a stubborn human being um I finally um got to a point where I just you know talked to one of one of my teammates I was like hey what do you guys even do for do you guys go out for lunch every single day and she's and she told me, um, no, we pick one of the one of the classrooms that are empty and we just eat lunch together every day in one of the empty classrooms. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that. And she kind of looked baffled. She's like, oh, I thought you didn't want to eat with us. And so it was just like a misunderstanding that could have continued to happen had I not finally pushed myself out of my comfort zone, pushed myself to stop being stubborn and just ask a simple question. So 
So when I told him, when I told her, I'm like, no, I just, I didn't know what you guys were doing the whole time. And she's like, oh, I'm so, and she immediately was very apologetic. She's like, I'm so sorry. I thought someone told you and you didn't want to eat with us anymore. And when you, and all that mis, miscommunication, misunderstanding led to me eating alone and them thinking that I didn't like them. So finally, I, finally, I got to a point where I was like, okay, no, I do want to eat lunch with you guys. I, and they were like, and so every day we ate lunch together. Now, it took a minute for me to build a relationship with every teacher because there were tech, there were um, four lead teachers on the team, including myself, and then there were two teacher's assistants. So we were a team of six, basically. And um, so, we, and we ate lunch together every day after that. But then I had to figure out how to build a relationship with every single person on my team because it wasn't enough to just build a relationship with my entire team, like as a whole, and include myself in a group. I had to build a relationship with every person individually. And I started having to ask for stuff. And one thing I had to kind of teach myself the entire time was the worst someone could say to you is no. That's the worst that can happen. If that's the worst that can happen, I can take it. So really anytime you're feeling, this is a little piece of advice now, anytime you're feeling like you want something, but you're just maybe a little too shy or a little intimidated or worried to ask, just remember the word no never broke anybody, ever. Never hurt anybody, never broke anybody. And if you hear it, it's not the end of the world. It just means you need to either ask a different question or go about it a different way. So like I said, the worst that can happen is no. So, and that's something I actually had to build a mentality around my entire year. Um, so I started asking them, I'm like, you know, I'm really struggling with, you know, these, this new curriculum. I'm really struggling with not having, you know, time to just talk about what I'm teaching. Is there a time that we can all sit down and just talk about the actual teaching aspect of the job? Because during lunch, we didn't want to talk about the job. We want to talk about each other. We want to talk about our lives. We wanted, we wanted to build that relationship. So, you know, we heard about one of my teammates' weddings. We heard about my, you know, my transition into teaching and my school career and me thinking about pursuing a master's. And um, we talked about all different things about our, each other's lives. And we, so I'm like, well, I really want to have a time for us to talk about the logistics of what we're teaching. Cause it was that those, the, the curriculum that we were using really at times like pushed me to the edge. And again, we'll talk about that in a different episode, but that's something that I really struggled with the curriculum that we were using. And so I, I just really wanted to talk about that. And lo and behold, they said, yeah, absolutely. We're struggling with that too. We want to be, we want to be able to talk to each other and build off of each other's ideas and, you know, consider what each other has to say. So we, um, so yeah, we taught, we started meeting once a week to just actually talk about particularly math because the math curriculum was what we were really all stressing over and um, kind of like plan out the week, see what we want to do. And um, it was a very informal meeting, which sometimes informal meetings are the best meetings because it really gets what you want, what you want to talk about out instead of like having 
a you know administrator lead a meeting where they specifically want to talk about specific things in an informal meeting with just your team you're just kind of talking and you know seeing where it goes seeing where the conversation flows um so after that i built i started really talking to my teammates i really started pushing myself to just even if i had to admit hey i don't particularly like making mistakes and i started having to push myself to say you know what i made a mistake how can you help me fix it and actually going to my teammate because none of my teammates were judging me and i had to also get that through my head that your teammates aren't judging you and if you ever do identify a teammate that's judging you that's probably not the teammate you want to go to but most importantly is you need 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 to find someone in your team in your building someone to just always go to if you need help if you need support or if you just need to rant about your day um i know we talked about in the first episode how me and meredith um snapped back and forth just little, just so we can get those bubbles of frustration or, you know, anxiety or, or, you know, even sadness, just let it out real quick, get a quick release and then just go back into teaching. But what if, you know, I know Meredith is on a field trip or I know my phone's dead or something is happening and I can't do that. I can't send her a snap or I can't pick up my phone real quick because I'm in the middle of a lesson or I have to be able to rely on someone within my building in addition to someone outside of my building. So again, this is like teaching is not a lone sport. It's not something that you can do by yourself. And if you try to do it by yourself, it's going to be incredibly difficult. So, you know, you should have a support system outside of the school in addition to having someone in the school that you can talk to, you can confide in, you could, because to be able to talk to someone who's teaching the same thing that you're teaching, hearing the same thing you're hearing, having the same, to deal with the same rules and the same people, that's the person you will be able to really, really connect with in a different way and, you know, work with in a different way. And they will help you, you know, move past the struggles because that's the whole point is, you know, you're getting to a struggle, you're getting to a challenge and you need to find a way to go through it. Um, it's not to avoid it. You should never avoid a challenge. It's you have to get through it. And it's all about finding your support system. I had Meredith outside of my school. I had my teammates inside the school and I had my family in my home. So I had a huge support system of people who just kept pushing me and, you know, supporting me and helping me. And the, the idea of not having my teammates this entire year all because I didn't want to push myself to be uncomfortable or push myself to ask for something that I needed. The, the idea of not having that because of that, it actually kind of makes me really bummed with myself that I even waited so long to do that. So if you're hearing this and if you're worried about, you know, putting yourself out there and not getting the reaction or the or the relationship or the, you know, the connection that you want, look for it somewhere else. Even if it's someone not on your team, even if it's the counselor, the administrator, even if it's an administrator. I, when I was a TA, my administrator was actually my closest, per the closest person. She was my direct supervisor, but she was also my closest confidant. Like she was the person I went to whenever I needed help, whenever I needed support. 
And even when I needed to complain, she was like, no, if there's something wrong, let me know. Um, so don't even be worried to ask an administrator to just have a conversation with. Um, so yeah, I just talked a lot. Meredith, do you have anything to add? <laughs> well, I, I kind of chuckled to myself because your team of six is literally my whole faculty at my school. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, my team. Oh, my team is the faculty. Yeah. <laughs> um, no. So my coworker story is that honestly, it was kind of funny because I was for my interview. I was interviewed by two of the principals in our system and the principal that ended up being my principal was like, well, I want you to meet the fifth grade teacher and kind of have another interview with her just to see if you're uh, compatible together. And I was like, what is this? Like a dating <laughs> real professional of me, but um, kind of is like dating. You kind of have to make sure that you guys connect in that way. You spend so much time together, you know? Um, but anyway, so I went and I walked up to her and she ends up being a member of my church who's basically seen me grow up since like middle school. And so, um, but our paths just hadn't crossed until then. And she's like, oh my God, stop. You're making me feel old. And so like <laughs> kind of that set the stage for how that relationship with her was built. We were just able to um, chat and she asked me questions. She realized that I was always learning, always willing to learn, excuse me. And so that kind of set the firm stage for that. But kind of like when school started, when I started moving in, um, I had teachers coming in and out of my room as I was setting it up, introducing themselves. So it was kind of like the opposite of Miriam's, whereas like she had to go to them, but in a sense, they were coming to me and seeing like, hey, like if you need anything, let me know, I'm right down the hall. Literally, it was just one long hallway. Um, <laughs> and so that was great. But as the year went on, you kind of saw the different dynamics because with a small school, there's obviously previous history. And so you kind of start learning the ins and outs of, yes, we have a small, close-knit faculty, but just kind of see how the relationships within that faculty interweave and work was an interesting web to find myself into. And so I kind of just learned that as, especially as a first year, like go in, not acting dumb, but just go in acting like you know nothing, you haven't heard anything about previous situations and develop your relationships with faculty, not the ones that you've grown close to and you take on those opinions or whatever, but to keep an open mind about everyone. I will say that, so my building was a K through five, technically preschool through five, excuse me, but like third through fifth were always clumped together, which makes sense. And then K through two was always, so like we never really, like we saw those teachers, we would chat with them briefly in the morning, but really- my watch apologized. I'm sorry. Um, I don't know if that picked it up, but that scared me. Um, but at the end of the day, you're there for each other is basically what I'm getting with how there's like separation, but that we're still there for each other and you're on different committees together. And my biggest thing is that it's, again, intimidating to try and push yourself into a new friendship or relationship, but let it come naturally. 
I know like where my mentor teacher, who's a fifth grade teacher, where we were in the beginning is completely different from where we are at the end. I mean, I was so guarded in the beginning. I wouldn't really let my personality show around her. I was more timid. And by the end, she saw completely different sides of me where she's like, Meredith, where has this been? <laughs> you know? And so, I mean, looking at her schedule for next year, I was like, oh my gosh, when am I going to come annoy you? And she's like, oh, you'll find time. Like, we have like that kind of back and forth banter. Like, we all mean it with love and, you know, we have a good time and it's great. But then there's still those moments of insecurities. Like, I don't want you to think that, oh, like, once you start forming that relationship, it's golden. Because, like, any relationship, it's not. Um, but your coworkers are the ones who see you at your highest of highs with, you know, maybe a difficult challenge or maybe the strategy that you put into place for a certain behavior is working and um, you want to share that success. And then they see you at the end when you get a, you know, five paragraph essay parent email and <laughs> they see you bawling practically on the floor because you think that you're the worst teacher who, who has ever walked the earth. And they see you in between that. And so it's great because you have people to walk with as you grow and then kind of indirectly you impact them too. And so like you change your lives for the better when you all come and interconnect with each other. Um, yeah my mind moves so fast I had another point to make and then it, it just it, it went away but then my situation was that it was kind of like a group of three of us which I, I hate saying because like teachers you know you're supposed to be like all like and we are we're so nice to everybody like there's never not a time where we disinclude like we practice what we preach here guys but like you know how you have like that group that you're just kind of closer to and so that was like my mentor teacher me and some and another faculty member and but those two had known each other for years before I came ever came into the picture so like there were moments where like yeah I was with them and we were having a good time but kind of like I was on the outskirts you know so yes have your person I, my point with this whole discompobulated story is that <laughs> yes have your person trust me my mentor I'm so thankful will be there next year because I will be right there in her room the same where I was this past year of crying or laughing or, you know, giving her trouble or, you know, just being there with her. Cause it's kind of a comforting presence to have somebody that you're confident around mm-hmm. or that you're proud to be learning from and, you know, not idolized. Cause she would just, I can just see her roll her eyes in my head right now, but like, <laughs> well, like you know, appreciate, be, right. Appreciate, be inspired by her. And so I'm lucky that she's, that we're going to be together another year. So but also have a person where if she's not available, don't let yourself sit there and drown up. Oh my God, I need somebody. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of goes back to what Miriam was saying about how she had, you know, she had me on Snapchat, she had her family, and then she had her support system at the fiscal school. Like don't, like you had a whole team, which is fantastic. And I could go to anybody in my building and I could really, they would be there for me. But, like, I'm someone who's, like, very, like, particular and mm-hmm. quality over quantity. And so For I was sure. very, I was kind of, like, picky. So, like, I relied a lot on my mentor, like, in that aspect of, oh, my gosh, here's my success. Or, oh, my gosh, you'll never believe. Um, but also kind of have, like, that backup person of, you know. Yeah. You know, you know, that's actually funny that I'm actually going to be in your situation this year because it's going to be different. 
because since I'm teaching kindergarten this year, I only have one teammate. Yeah. And we're going to be have. a team of two. So I am going to be in here. I've, it's going to be an interesting transition from a team of six to a team of two. And every, like, and, and here's the, but here's the great thing about it is that now that I understand that, listen, not everyone's going to come to you. And it took me a minute to understand that not everybody's going to come to you. And it doesn't mean they don't like you. And it doesn't mean that they, that they're, uh, you know, disgusted by you or worried that you're not going to live up to, you know, the standard that they may have. But it just means that they've got a life. They're busy too. And maybe coming to you is not their first priority. But, and just like maybe you going to, like me going to them may not be my first priority, but uh, it was definitely a lot easier to, cause you know, me and my new teammate had a phone call, you know, just kind of like get to know you, like talking me through kindergarten, what the day looks like and all that wonderful stuff that I'm so excited for. Um, it took me, it, it like, it, um, like before I wouldn't have asked like personal questions about her. Like I would have been like, oh, if she, I don't want to intervene into her personal life. Like if she has personal things she wants to talk about, she can talk about them with me. But then I was like, no, and that's how you get to know someone asking, not like deeply personal questions, but something like, you know, you know how, you know, like, what are your personal opinions? Like, one of the questions I asked that was a little bit, a little bit more on the personal side was, what are your personal opinions about dramatic play? What are your personal opinions about, you know, how to integrate technology into stuff? And that kind of segued into me offering things about my family thing, and then asking her, you know, tell me about your children, tell me about your things. And like, just building that conversation, it doesn't necessarily have to be like, tell me your deepest, darkest secret. It's, um, you know, just you know, tell me about yourself. Tell me something like that's going to help us build a foundation. Right. So. I mean, that's what, um, that's what <clears throat> my coworkers and I do in the morning. It's like, we will kind of rendezvous in a classroom and we'll just chat. Like, should we be working on prepping? Sure. But we use that time to just kind of chat like, Hey, how was your evening? Or, you know, you told us about this event that was happening. How did that end up going? And we just chat and then come lunchtime, we do the same thing. We just, we kind of avoid work talk at those moments just so that we can have that mental break. And I know if like for recess duty, um, like I had recess duty, I think three or four days a week. Um, and most of the time it was with my mentor teacher. And so she loves to walk. She is bound and determined to get her 10,000 steps a day. And so if she doesn't, <laughs> it's kind of catastrophic. And so we would do laps around the playground as we were watching the kiddos. But I mean, that led to so many wonderful conversations of just about like family, about life, but also like if she could tell that it was one of those days where it was a little bit harder, it would be a nice little like quick, hey, keep your head up. You're doing great. Like, let's try this. Let's try this. But other than that, it was all like, oh my gosh, you'll never believe that one of um, she has four kiddos. And so she's like, you'll never believe what, you know, one of my kiddos did last night or um how was your evening and um your dad had surgery how is he doing is he recuperating okay and like she'll like those details will start being remembered by your co-workers and that's when you start really feeling that feeling of okay I belong like you remember mm -hmm. like I'll forget the detail but they'll remember the detail and I'll be like oh 
yeah, I did forget that that happened. And so I think that's why I like having such a small faculty. Like, yes, is there drama? Oh my gosh, but where is there not drama? I mean, um, especially in teaching. <laughs> right, there's always something. If it's not about our kids, I mean, it's something. And it's so about, there's always something going on. <laughs> we gotta keep it entertaining over here. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I don't know. Keep asking those questions be willing to break down some walls. I mean, in some situations, maybe there's high turnover and there's always a revolving door, so to speak. And so people have trust issues with that. And Mm -hmm. it stinks that yes, going into a new school building or a new district, you have to prove yourself, but, and it seems like you have to prove yourself over and over, but the end result is so much better than just staying stuck in that feeling of you don't belong, they don't want mm-hmm. me here, I'm not good enough. Yeah, like I, like Mary said, my school was one of those, um, was one of the high turnover schools where they were losing teachers left and right. And, um, and that was really unfortunate. And like, it was mostly to do just with kind of like, I'm not trying to like bag on any school or any situation or anything like that, mm-hmm. but it was a really kind of a, it was a little bit of a difficult school culture. Um, And so there was a really high rate of turnover. So I was a teacher that replaced two previous teachers that hadn't even made it like the rest of the year. And uh, one teacher didn't even like, just was ready to get out and was like not even really even there most of the year. So I, especially with my one of the my team leader who was um, who was there uh three four years prior to becoming and um she was just you know she had told us stories about how she had to cover for a lot of people you know people wouldn't show up and she'd have to cover for them people would quit mid-year and she'd have to cover for them and it and immediately once i started hearing that i was like oh, it's not that she doesn't like me, It's or uh, no, nobody on my team dislikes me, it's that I have a lot of work to do to build their trust. They just are worried that, especially since I came in, you know, like whenever I would come to them, I'd be stressed and worried, would be anxious about the fact that I was struggling with the curriculum, I was struggling with, with all the different things. And it was an immediate, like, she might not make the year. It, if I could only assume that in my team teacher's head is like, she may not even make it the whole year. And, but once I finally told her, I'm like, listen, I'm struggling. And I am really, you know, the things in this school are really difficult for me. However, I will never, ever, ever, ever leave my kids. That's not an option for me. That's not something I would ever do, especially since my kids are all very much you know, they they struggle with consistency in their life and I refuse to be another person who is inconsistent in their life. I refuse to do that. Um, like I, this this is not, this is like the first time I've even said this to anybody. I think even Mer- no Meredith knew this, but like I even had interviews within the year of trying to, to get out. And then my siblings were all like, and me personally, I didn't want to do, I didn't even want to go to the interviews because I was like, I can't leave my kids. And my my siblings were like, that's really silly of you. Why would you do that? That's, you know, if you're so, you know, anxious all the time and stressed at the school because of their culture and their rules and their curriculum and the, all this 
this stuff, why wouldn't you just leave? And again, it's one of those things where non-teachers don't understand. They don't understand that I literally cannot leave my kids. It's, they're, they're my kids. It's like leaving your own children. I cannot do it. It's a bond I've created with each and every one of, even my hardest kids, I've created a bond with them that I cannot break until it's over. Like, it's like from the year, for one school year is like from when they're born until they turn 18. I can't leave them till they turn 18. Um, so it was very much like, I, it's, it's impossible. And once my teammates saw that dedication in me, that was our immediate turning point. Like you, she's not leaving. Like that's, it's impossible. No matter what challenges, no matter what stones, no matter what hurdles are thrown at her, she refuses to leave. And that was more appreciated from my team than anything else I did. Like I worked my tail off. I really did. And I was very much like, you know, I finally got to the point where I'm like, well, I'm not going to break any rules, but I'm going to bend quite a few. And just to be able to get what my kids need, get what I need to stay. And sometimes it's just creating the environment you want to be in. So for example, like I, we did not have a lot of, you know, teacher, you know, appreciation things that were consistent across the year. Like for example, in previous schools I was in, as a TA or as a, you know, before and aftercare site assistant, we had, they had, those schools had like a PTO where they were always like at least once a month doing things to help their teachers, which, you know, I always thought, oh, that's something every school does. Not necessarily every school. Some schools can't do that. Some schools don't have a PTO like that. Some schools don't have the fundings for that. And so I started being like, no, these teachers really, really need to be, you know, appreciated and need to be, um, need to have some sort of motivation, especially when you're getting closer to, you know, winter break, when you're getting closer to um, summer, when you're getting closer to spring break, all those things. So I started thinking, you know what? I wanna create the environment I wanna be in. So I wanna be in an uplifting, mot uh, motiv motivation inspired, you know, um, environment. So before Christmas break, um, I started a, you know, I had a leadership team within my classroom anyways. Like that was always a thing, you know, they would go, um, that leadership team would do things like, you know, monitor other kids during the class, what, or, you know, they would be a my line leader. They would be, they would help be in charge of doing things around the classroom. They'd be in charge of like technology, make, you know, helping kids out with technology, things like that. So my leadership team, and you had to like, kids had to earn their way onto the leadership team. So it wasn't like, um, it wasn't just a random group of kids. It was, you have to earn your way on it by showing me that you will follow directions, that you are kind to each other. And, you know, there were other ways, there were other um, specific, more specific ways that they got on the leadership team. But um, right around winter break, I think it was like the week before, we did something called um, teacher room service. So, you know, on a little door hanger, it was just random, piece, like it was just printer paper. I printed on a door hanger and I wrote, you know, different drinks and different snacks. And each teacher got a door hanger 
um, I had kids deliver, you know, deliver some of the papers. I put some papers in teachers' mailboxes sometimes, or I just put some extra in the teacher's lounge. And they picked one up and I told them, you have to give me your quote unquote order um, before the end of the day. And then I went and I, I bought some and luckily the, the school did help me with buying that. And um, some of the other, um, and we actually took it out of the budget for teacher appreciation, which um, the teacher, the appreciation committee um, okayed it. So I did have some help with that. So it wasn't all me, I won't take all the credit. Um, so they did end up funding that. And the next day when we, in the morning during, during our morning meeting, um, my leadership team filled the orders and then went and delivered it to all the teachers. And to tell you that it was a completely, a complete shift in the school culture, it, it was insane. Like teachers were smiling when they were walking in the halls. Teachers were just having their little snacks. It was something small like a candy bag or a bag of chips or a soda. And just having that sense of like, we appreciate you and we wanna show you how much we appreciate you. And then we took it, especially so, so for the cafeteria and janitorial staff, we made sure we included them. And they were, it was incredible. Like the fact that they were like, we've never gotten any of the teacher appreciation stuff. Like we're, we never get these, the things that the teachers get. And they were so appreciative. They were so happy. They were smiling, you know, and it was just a great way to end that half of the year just to be able to say you know what you work hard you you're in one of the hardest working professions in the world and you deserve to be appreciated even if it's something with a tiny bag of popcorn and a soda um so with that i started giving my my kids a little bit more of and of course it opened up the conversation with my kids of why do we do service why do we you know help people out why do we why do we do these things? And it opened the conversation of, you know, we need to be kind, we need to make people feel good. We need to make people feel appreciated and um, make them feel, you know, like they belong here and that they're, that we're happy to see them every day and that we appreciate everything they do. Um, so we kind of, I kind of um, started talking with my leadership team and, you know, like what else can we do with, for, what else can we do for our teachers and our, um, and the faculty in our school, like to help them feel happy and appreciated. And, you know, we start, we also did a be your own barista bar where we, um, where we brought coffee from Starbucks and we got, um, got a uh, hot cocoa and uh, brought a couple coffee machines and uh, other, some teachers brought some cookies and some other snacks and they all pitched in and we just set up a nice little bar area um, in the teacher's lounge for a whole week where they could just make their own coffee. Um, and, you know, just especially since we, they were also starting to be like, we're going to stop bringing coffee for teachers every day. It's getting too much. So, um, and actually a little tidbit, if you all didn't know, if you go to Starbucks and ask them to donate a bag of coffee to your school, cause you're a teacher, more, they will not say more often than not they will not say no. so that's so i did get two bags of coffee donated to my school i've actually and 
They also gave me cups and lids that made it all the more festive of, you know, having a fun little, a fun little drink to carry around and say, I got this because I'm appreciated. Um, so really making the, and that's another way I built relationships with teachers outside of my team. Just saying, you know what? I appreciate you. I don't necessarily have a, like the deepest relationship with you, but I appreciate you because I know you're here. I know what you're doing. I know how hard you're working. And I just want you to know how much I appreciate you. So just doing something to make others feel good can also bring like a spotlight of, oh, this this person's pretty cool. <laughs> and if you don't want to go so big, I'm not bashing you. Like those are fantastic ideas and so many people benefited from them. But mm -hmm. I know like, as an introverted person, putting on like a big like, um, big event like that would cause me stress <laughs> and so I'm thinking like that it wasn't a big like a it wasn't like a big event maybe like the teacher door uh room service was a little bit bigger and but luckily like that's the thing that's why it's so great to make your kids do stuff because it wasn't me it was my kids so I and also it was really nice to give credit to all my kids being like oh they did this um and it gave them more motivation to want to be on the leadership team and want to earn their way there um, but yeah, I mean, definitely if like, that's not something for you. So your leadership team was your kids. It wasn't your team <clears throat> members. Okay. So it was, no, 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 no. It was my kiddos in my room. Got it. Okay. For like, I know like sometimes I'd walk into my room and there'd be like a little like treat on my table or, um, I know like around Christmas we had, oh shoot, what did we call it? It was like secret angel instead of secret Santa. I don't know. That's why we cute. Um, and we would be paired with other faculty members and we would throughout the weeks leading up before we went home for Christmas, we would get little things and we would hide them where they would find them. So that was fun. And then, um, you know, we had like a typical appreciation week, but I know that a lot of us just like, since we're so close knit and also in proximity, we could tell when something was kind of off or, you know, we talk, so we know what's going on in each other's classrooms. And so um, we would try and treat them like maybe with some flowers or, you know, maybe a new small pen set or something, or like a little encouraging note would appear on her, on our laptops and stuff. And so um, we did like those like little, like we were secretive. I guess that's what I was trying to say. I don't mm -hmm. know what I was trying to say. Like, I love your ideas and I would totally bring them to my school. But No, for sure. I get it. Like sometimes you just want to do something on a lower level. Right. Like kind of like incognito. Exactly. Like just I so think that's how my when we were incognito with it. We were just like, because like I would be like, oh, who left it? Nobody would speak up. And I was like, okay, well, thank you. I just wanted to thank you, whoever gave it to me. Appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, part and of the fun was not getting caught. I mean, like, you're, like, sneaking, exactly. like, all secret agent style, and then you, like, <laughs> roll out the door and, like, hide behind, like, the pillar. It was fun. Yeah, and sometimes you just want to do something, like, quick and easy. Like, my my things were more, like, stretched out and long. Like, there was a lot of planning that went into it. So if you just, like, want to see, like, oh, my, like, my teammate seems like it's she, he or she is having, like, a really rough week. Um, let me just send them a quick Starbucks gift card and say, hey, Starbucks is on me this morning or get Starbucks for them in the morning or if you hadn't noticed. I'm we did do Starbucks. Starbucks. We did do Starbucks. Yes. We did that several mornings. That was great. But maybe, guys, at the end of the day, a simple thank you or, hey, you did a really nice job or, hey, you're doing amazing or, hey, I noticed this. Those are all 
great statements that boost mm-hmm. the levels. I mean, yeah. I know they're very small, but honestly, when you're in those moments where you feel like you're the worst teacher or you, you thought that you royally messed up or that you're never gonna make it, hearing something of, hey, good job. Like, mm-hmm. we, like we see you, we're recognizing what's going on, but know that you're doing amazing. Like, you just need that outside voice to tell you that sometimes. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying we always need to be complica- complicated, complimented, <laughs> excuse me, I can't talk today too much Starbucks um (laughs) (laughs) but just having those statements of encouragement it means a lot especially in Mm -hmm. those moments because those are the moments you're gonna look back and be like you know what yes I am able to do it because I've done it before Mm -hmm, exactly and just like you're right I don't think teachers need compliments but to be recognized for and like you know we were really big on like validating and affirming our kids you know like like you know making sure that you're telling them, you're not necessarily just giving them a generic, oh, good job, or hey, good, you know, you did, thank right. you for walking to your seat sign or like something like that, but being really specific, like I noticed when you walked to your seat, you were quiet and you were respectful and you, and you did not disturb anybody else. Like being really, really specific in what you're doing. So if kids need that, adults need that too. I know sometimes we're so focused on how to validate and affirm our kids, but Sometimes we need to validate and affirm our teammates, like saying, hey, even if it's a veteran teacher, even if it's someone that's had 10 plus years experience on you, don't be worried to give them a compliment. Like they, they love that as well. Like it's not, sometimes like I will say this from personal experience. Sometimes I'm like, wait, why would I give my teammate who's had so much more experience than me a compliment? She doesn't care. I'm, I'm just a lowly first year teacher. No, they appreciate that. And sometimes telling them, you know, like uh, one of my teammates, I always told her, I'm like, thank you always so much. Thank you so much for always listening to me and listening to me ramble and just being patient with me. Like that you, I appreciate you more than you know, because like, I don't think anybody else would be this patient with me with all this, all the different things. And like giving her a specific reason why I'm thanking her, not just thanking her, oh, thank you for being awesome or thank you for whatever, like, saying I appreciate you mm-hmm. I sometimes like I actually kind of transitioned into saying oh I, instead of saying I appreciate it I say I appreciate you because saying I appreciate it is like saying I appreciate the action not appreciating the person who's giving the action mm-hmm. if that made any sense no, so doesn't. even saying something as small as oh I appreciate you so much I love having you on my team I'm so happy that I am your teammate I I you know just that small those small things can really build a strong relationship because honestly sometimes if i feel like i don't really want to like i don't really have a connection with someone it's more like oh you know i do all this stuff for them and they don't appreciate me i do all this and they don't reciprocate i do all you know and just so giving them a quick like i appreciate you i you know i i love having you on my team i'm so happy you're I was on this team, not any other team or like things like that, so. Right, I mean, we're humans. Like, yes, we don't want all the compliments, but we want recognition and we want mm-hmm. appreciation. And that's just a basic human need of being wanted in general. And I remember in college, I was involved on several different leadership organization, like leadership teams of organizations. And I remember we had each year we had this leadership service award banquet and basically people would be given awards for their hard work there was a lot more detail to it but you don't need to hear it and so my first year my freshman year 
my freshman year kind of started off a little rough just because I was transitioning to college and I wanted to be at home and I came in with two girls that I thought were friends and now we don't talk. So anyway, <laughs> point being, fast forward to the end of the year, by the end of the year, I was involved in different organizations and I had actually been selected to go to the exec team for one of them for the following year and um, I was going to be on the summer orientation team, aka met Miriam there and you know, yeah. I was like, oh my God, great and then I think the award was, you know, new leader on campus or something. I don't remember. That's how much I care now. And um, I didn't get it. And it actually went to one of my close friends and she highly deserved it. And so, but I was sitting there kind of going, well, why didn't I get it? Like I worked my butt off too. And kind of things, so there was like that saltiness there. But then as I really matured, because either the following year or the year the year after I think it was my junior year when I finally got one I don't remember I got one and I was not excited I was like oh why did they call my name <laughs> and like part of me was like I was excited I, I got like the physical object I was great I was happy but in my heart I knew it was just the recognition that I was excited about I no longer wanted that trophy or that award I just wanted somebody to be like hey good job for you know handling five different organizations and still maintaining 19 hour course loads and practicums like I just wanted somebody to say good job which sounds so bad because we always tease about the upcoming generations of how they're the participation um ribbon generation where they ha they get a ribbon or a trophy for every little thing that they do you know hey you crossed the road here's a ribbon you know oh you ate your vegetables here's a trophy like we joke about that but for some reason, I just wanted that recognition that like, you know, and as the years went on with that banquet, it, it came more and more of a joke in my mind because I was just kind of like, this is silly to be getting a trophy for something that we want to do, but it's nice to be recognized. And that was, that was the trophy in my mind was that somebody said my name along with the work I did. And I was like, yeah, I did do that. And I'm proud of the work that I did. For sure. Like sometimes, like, I think it's just a human reaction to say, you know what, I, I've done the hard work. And especially when in a, in a career like teaching where you don't, especially in a career like teaching where you don't really, nobody really appreciates what you're doing outside of the profession. Nobody really appreciates you. They don't, you know, they hear, oh, you're just a teacher or they don't understand. Um, they don't understand My parents the do that. Like I'll come home with a situation and I'll be really fired up about it. I'll be like, mom, dad, you know, blah, blah. And they'll look at me and be like, it's not the end of the world. It's fine. Like they, they don't process the situation like we do as teachers because they don't live it. Like to them, it's such a little situation. Yeah. Like they don't understand the level of hard work it takes. Like they see, oh, you you work eight to three. You work, you know, you work five days a week. You have off summers, summers off. You, yeah, you have summers and winter break off, you know, you have all of this, but they don't see like, yeah, we're also, we have overcrowded classrooms. We also have to make sure that your kid is socially, mentally, physically, everything ready to transition into the next year. And we only have nine months to teach them a whole bunch. Like, I can't even tell you how many standards, like all these things that they need to not only know, but understand and grasp like the concept fully all within an eight hour day all within nine months all within you know all the break also with 
adding social emotional learning, you know, uh, having them being able to, you know, be able to problem solve and be able to think conceptually and think critically and, you know, all these things we have to do in addition to maintaining their behaviors, in addition to making sure that all every single kid in our overcrowded classroom is prepared basically. And if they come to you two, three, four years, uh, you know, behind where they need to be, you need to catch them up. And if you don't, you you seem like a failure. In addition to being underpaid, in addition to being underappreciated. So what teachers need to do is they need to continue to appreciate each other. If teachers aren't doing it, nobody else is gonna do it. That's the, that's the sad part about it. If we don't build each other up, and we don't appreciate like each other and tell each other, hey, I see you, I hear you, I see what a wonderful person you are and what a wonderful teacher you are. And even though not all your kids are where they need to be at the end of the year, the fact that, uh, that most of them are is good enough for me. The fact that you showed up every day and loved every single one of your babies, that's enough for me. The fact that you, you know, the fact that you push through all the challenges, you push through all the difficultness, you push through and you built relationships with each one of those kids and learned about each one of those kids and learned about each one of your teammates and built a relationship with each one of your teammates. That's enough. You are enough. Like you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have a hundred percent of your kids on grade level and beyond. You don't have to do that because it's not, while you can continue to have that as a goal maybe, it's, if you don't reach it, it's not the end of the world because goals, they're just moving targets. So even if you do achieve that goal, what are you gonna work towards next? It's not like you're, you've accomplished your career. Like you're still gonna be working hard to find something new to work towards. So just, you know, making sure that as teachers, we're building each other up, not tearing each other down because the rest of the world does enough of teach, tearing teachers down. Even now, the fact that we need the pandemic for even some of the world to understand how difficult it is to teach is kind of sad, but at the same time, it's still not enough because there are some school districts still cutting funding, still not giving teachers enough resources. There are teachers who are still buying things out of pocket. You know, like there's still, like I, the fact I told my, when I was doing my taxes earlier this year, I told my um, brother-in-law who's doing my taxes for me, he said, he was like, oh, how much did you pay, uh, spend on your classroom? I was like, a couple thousand dollars. And he's like, wait, what? I was shocked too when I did mine. I was like, whoa. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. And I still felt like it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. There weren't enough books. My While my classroom library was like diverse, it was not diverse enough. Like now that I look at it, it's not big enough where I need to give all my students all everything that they need in addition to like all the extra things I want to buy to make my kids feel at home to make them feel welcome and fit to make them excited to come to school so like even though a lot of the world is starting to appreciate us a little bit more there's still most people who, who will continue to say teacher you're just a teacher or those who can't do are just really kind of um, mean kind of not nice things just thinking about you know teaching is easy or whatever but so but that's why it's important for teachers to build each other up because like I said if teachers don't do it nobody else will so make sure that you're 
every single day you're looking at one of your teammates, even if it's someone you don't have the closest relationship with, even if it's just, especially if it's someone from your janitorial staff, especially if it's someone in your cafeteria, look at them and say, hey, I appreciate you. Like, I don't, I, like it actually kind of, when I did the whole, you know, um, the whole teacher room service thing, the fact that some, most of the cafeteria and janitorial staff were saying, we I, were surprised you even included this, that kind of broke my heart a little bit. I'm like, no, you are, you need to be appreciated too. So make sure that when we get, hopefully when we get back into the classrooms and see each other more, especially in rough times like this, just say, I appreciate you. I see you. I, I, without you, our school would crumble. Without you, you know, we wouldn't have everything we need and get to know their names. I, one thing I regret from this school year is I didn't know all my janitorial staff's name. I didn't, and I'm so upset with myself because they did so much for me that I didn't know, I didn't knew most of their names, but I didn't know everyone's name. So, and so when I would say good morning to them, I couldn't say good morning so-and-so use their names say good morning you know good morning meredith how are you today you know say if even something as small as that can show appreciation and show love and show show all of that to someone who you don't know maybe they need that desperately that morning we'll always show appreciation yep um kind of like some takeaways that i've taken away from this conversation is don't be stubborn especially when in mm-hmm. the very beginning always be always ask i know asking can be scary but asking is the steps in the right direction it'll get to where you go avoid assuming i kind of assumed that a couple kind of like Miriam, that a couple of my co-workers weren't really big fans but then as we got to know each other i was like oh no we just you know they communicate communicating is the best uh, skill to have and then make sure you have a support system both in and out of the school building i like i loved how Miriam said that but know that it's a day-to-day process it's not gonna some you're gonna click right away and others it's gonna take months to build and maybe there'll be some backtracking just like with our kiddos that we'll talk about in another episode is how <laughs> to build that trust and keep that relationship consistent and so um your co-workers it's a work it's it's a work that makes sense but like it's a <laughs> work in progress you know you're gonna have to learn um how they react on their bad days or when they're tired or when they're happy or when they're just content you're gonna pick up on all those little habits that they have mm-hmm. yeah just don't get discouraged if you don't click right away like meredith said like if if you don't immediately like have a like a like me like I told you with my team leader like I didn't have a click with her right away like at the beginning I thought that she didn't like me and then when I dug a little deeper I realized oh she just doesn't trust me yet and I just need to work a little bit harder or tell her that hey I'm here to stay I'm gonna be here for (laughs) for the rest of the year because I refuse to leave my babies so like just don't get discouraged because I could have easily been like, oh, she doesn't like me. Fine. Whatever. Like maybe I won't have to talk to her. Fine. Don't talk. Like, no, that's immature and that's petty. And I don't do that. Don't say, hey, this person does unless the person verbatim says, I don't like you. Don't assume that they don't like you. And if they do say that, then you're going to say, hey, I think we should have a conversation about why you're saying you don't like me. And honestly, if a teacher is saying verbatim, I don't like you, then Maybe you should also have a supervisor there, but uh, but stay away from me. <laughs> yeah, right. But don't let it lie. Even if it gets to a situation that 
like that serious where someone is like verbatim saying I don't like you like you should not let that lie you should not even let that happen you should say then we should talk about it we should talk about why you're saying this we should talk because you don't want someone first of all I don't like people not liking me that's not that's just not me I hate it I don't because that means I did something to offend someone and I never want to be that person so I would always say let's have a conversation luckily nobody's ever said that to me but if that situation ever arose I'd say hey let's have a conversation why why are you feeling this way what's going on you know actually I've had kids say that in a fit of anger and that's exactly what I said hey let's have a conversation I'm so sorry you're feeling this way what's going on you know so it's really just about getting to the bottom and like as teachers we're always for every single thing every situation we're looking for our why and you have to find out the why behind that um which actually kind of is a good segue into the quote we forgot to mention at the beginning of the at the beginning of the podcast oh and my gosh yes. <laughs> with the quote it's actually a really good segue though it, it works out pretty well because you know our quote for the day was a great relationship is about two things first appreciating the similarities and second respecting the differences you're gonna have similarities me and Meredith best friends but we have similarities and we have differences do it but I respect her different uh, the differences between us and that's why our relationship is strong because I know that she can have a, an opinion different than me and say hey you have a different opinion than me that's totally fine but we're st I'm still gonna we're both very stubborn though exactly mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> so it tells you something if we're both so stubborn and we can make our differences work because we have quite a lot my friend and <laughs> <laughs> no in a good way in a good way because she broadens my horizons when our differences don't make it bad it just broadens your horizons like we're different like for example i had no idea like because i am an era i am an arab american and a syrian american and i'm also muslim and she's she's american and she's christian so we have that's like serious serious differences i she had to teach me so many things about uh catholic school that i had no idea like no idea i don't even know how to say colloquial i didn't even know how to say parochial. that parochial. i thought about that after we ended the first episode it was like five hours later and i go oh parochial and then i went back there to what i was is. doing didn't even think about telling you yeah, so like I, so it's just differences. It's And she broadened my horizons. I had no idea how to say the word. I still obviously don't, but it's just, I avoid it. I just say like church school. Oh, there we go. Church school. <laughs> That's the new word. Church school. Yay. Church school. Yay, church school. <laughs> so um, yeah. Well, I, I went to um, a convention for one of my organizations in college and they talked about, one of the sessions talked about buying into others' chairs. And Ooh. I wish I could remember the backstory of how they developed this theory or this idea. But basically, it was be willing to learn about what makes your friends, your coworkers different. So, um, like, one of my coworkers is really into Lily Pulitzer. She loves it. She wears it all the time. She has the great personality to fit the Lily Pulitzer. Like, it, she's Lily Pulitzer. And I knew about the brand. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, whatever. So I bought into the chair though, meaning I looked into it. I was like, oh, like there are some cute items. A lot of my price range, but some cute items, you know? <laughs> and, you know, I actually got her for Secret Angel. And so I 
splurged a little for the last like gift haul. I got her a Lily Pulitzer something. I don't remember what. I think it was like a pen set and a tumbler. I don't remember. Anyway, so, but I saw how her eyes lit up. I bought into Miriam's chair about the podcast, about how she was really intrigued by this whole thing. She saw other teachers doing it. She's like, we always talk. Why can't we do it? And I said, sure, let's try it. You know, I bought into, um, I don't know, actually. When you get put I on the spot, on I forget. But I was just like, I don't really know. Oh, I have one. Um, my, um, <laughs> my freshman year, my, one of my good friends got a new roommate who has turned into a phenomenal friend. And she was obsessed with um, Supernatural at the time. Now, given Supernatural has like, a bajillion seasons now. I did not know what I was doing. I've never binge watched a show before Supernatural. So freshman year, I thought I was gonna watch like five episodes and be okay and be caught up and have something to talk to her about while our other friends were at work, right? So no, it turns out to be this multi, you know, <laughs> double-digited uh, series that I had to binge and catch up on and kind of figure out. Luckily, she had just kind of started, so I didn't take that much, you know, but then we had something to talk about. I bought into her chair of Supernatural and we still watch it today. And we still kind of talk about it. Although the show's kind of gone downhill. Sorry, all Supernatural fans. But yep. Dean still looks hot. Oh my, I love Dean. He's mm -hmm. mine. He's already married, but it's fine. Anyway. You know, I mean, he just, he's the kind of person who just ages with beauty. He really does. He ages like wine. Like it just mm. is so nice. But anyway, I bought into those different chairs and yes, you like Miriam, you're saying that you brought in, I brought in your horizon, but because I bought into your chair and did something that was out of my comfort zone as well, I learned stuff. I've strengthened my comfort zone a little bit. We're only in episode two. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. <laughs> no, but like I built those relationships with my coworkers too, because now she and I talk about Lily Blitzer and, um, you know, my mentor and I, we found common topics that we were interested in. She challenged me with flip classroom. So I researched and learned about flip classroom and that helped me a lot during distance learning. Mm -hmm. So it's just, I'm rambling, but like, you know, buy into your coworkers chairs. If they like softball and they're in a league that they just go and have fun, maybe try it out yourself, you mm -hmm. know, or if they're really into hiking and they went on to a, on a trip, a bunch of different hiking trails ask about it follow up with it mm -hmm. they probably forgot about the conversation because of all the excitement and all the different things going on in their lives but the fact that you remembered or you remembered that their grandfather was in the hospital and you checked in on him to see how he was doing those go a long way and it only takes about five seconds to think and say it out loud exactly and like and even if there's something that's like not for me but that's more power to you like if you want to do it like Fake it until you make it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but like, it, it's kind of, but like, don't fake it, but like, accept it and say, yeah, go ahead. Like, yes, yeah, for sure. Support it's, them. Support, exactly. Support them and like, don't make, you know, like, just understand that the world is made of different people. And if you were all, if your team or your kids were all the same, things would get boring real quick. Like most of us go into teaching profession because every day is different. No two days are the same. No two kids are the same. Nothing, no, you know, you plan and you plan and you plan, but nothing, ever, nothing rare, bleh, words. Um, 
things rarely go as planned and that's okay because that's what makes life kind of exciting. Like you gotta be able to roll with the punches and say, you know what? This is you, this is me. I wanna be part of your life, you're part of my life and I'm gonna respect everything you're saying and I'm gonna respect everything and I'm gonna learn from you in the meantime. Like I've, you know, been able to teach a lot of people about, you know, my culture and my religion and learn from others about their culture and their religions, you know, like being able to talk about, hey, this is the book I've been reading and it's really interesting because I didn't think about, you know, like, I know like Brene Brown, Brene Brown is like one of my favorite authors. And like, I have was introduced to her because I'm brought into someone's chair. And I was like, oh my gosh, this chick talks about shame and like embracing shame and you know, like all of this stuff. No, that's, her message is amazing. And it's really, I'm learning from it. And she's doing something and she started off as a teacher and she started like, you know, as a professor and learning all these things. And, and you know, the world is made with our differences and our uniqueness and learning about that is going to make us our make every relationship stronger and it's going to help us grow as individuals and human beings especially since education is also a growing and evolving career it's just like kids just like teachers just like everything no two years are the same it's very rare for a school to consistently stay the exact the same exactly the same they'll either bring in new curriculum they'll bring in a new you know, behavior, the whole school behavior management strategy, or they'll bring in new, you know, they'll, maybe they'll redesign the school. Maybe they redesign they'll the restructure classes. all four buildings. Exactly. Like, you know, it, it changes. And if you have to be able to accept that the changes are because of people's differences and the different views on things and you have to accept it and love it. And, and you know, yeah, got to be willing to take that risk in order to grow from it. And so exactly, you need to have that support within your school day because things are going to go down. Things are going to happen. Either you want to celebrate them or you kind of want to cry about them. And mm-hmm. then you have to get back right back on stage and be in front of your kiddos. And your kiddos yep. will pick up on those emotions when you're not on your A game. And so, I mean, like I know for me, there was a time where some of my kids thought I was crying in the hallway. I wasn't, I was laughing. So I don't know what my face looked like, but, but you know, whatever. And they came, I came back into the room and they were um, all sitting in their seats perfectly. And they're like, Miss Amalai, are you okay? And I was like, oh my gosh, like, I was teasing. I was like, am I in trouble? And they're like, no, we just wanna make sure you're okay. And then that kind of explain, they explain what they saw. And I was like, guys, no, I was laughing. So they're really in tuned to what you're feeling. There may be days where you feel like they're totally against you, but honestly, they're so in tuned. And so you have to release those emotions though, in order to be back on your A game in the classroom. Because if you're off in the classroom or in the hallway laughing with your coworkers, they'll know and they'll pick up on that and feed off of it. And so, I mean, you're in charge of the classroom, um, I wanna say environment, but also the classroom atmosphere you're the you're the big cloud in the situation and all the little clouds are gonna follow and you know i should say that you're the sun you're the sun and all like the other they're like all little planets go with come with me guys come with me in this (laughs) and however you move or you feel they're gonna pick up on that they have like a weird extra sense to do Mm -hmm. this yeah so my big thing is be appreciative of your coworkers. If you're there for them, they'll be there for you, but also buy into their shares. Show Mm -hmm. interest in what they like to do and they'll show interest back into what is going on in your life. 
Exactly. And, and that's I how think, you grow. Yeah. And, and I think that's a really good point to make that like kids, your kids are imitating you. They're, you're their role model. So if they see you not being able to build a relationship with your teammate, they're not going to be able to build relationships with their teammates. So just, you know, practice what you preach. And if you want them to share and care about each other and be kind to each other, then you're going to have to share and be kind and be appreciative and with your teammates as well. So exactly. So guys, if you have any comments, um, feel free to email us at teach to grow podcast at gmail.com. If there's comment sections, wherever, um, you find this wonderful podcast, leave them. We will do our best to respond or contact you. And until then, we will chat with you next week for episode three. So I really hope you enjoyed today and thanks for joining us. Thanks so much. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.